Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No one is more locked From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Let's get to the divisional previews here. Southern Division. The NFC situation is interesting, man. I was thinking about how to best frame this, and I realized that we could ask the same question of all four teams in that division. And we can take it in any way. We can rank which is the best job or whatever. Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa, New Orleans. How are they going to get their quarterback? That's the question for all the teams in the offseason. And if you want to say one of them standing pat with what they got, that's fine. But uncertainty at quarterback for four out of four teams in one division. Kind of a crazy spot. Take it any direction you want. And three of them have quarterbacks that are young quarterbacks that haven't really played. Atlanta has Ritter. Carolina has Corral, who missed the entire year. And and Tampa Bay has Trask. And then you've got New Orleans, who has Jameis under contract. But, you know, the way that things went down with him this year, I would be stunned if they made him the starting quarterback after telling him to sit on the bench and watch Andy Dalton all year. Um, I think of those teams, I think the team – that is the most quarterback friendly of that group, even though I don't trust the head coach and they have a new offensive coordinator is Tampa just because I think the line will be better again next year. And as of this moment, they still have Evans and they still have Godwin. So that to me makes them the team that's the closest to winning on offense. But I think Bowles stinks and I don't like their cap situation. Well, so that's the thing, though. So, but what's, how how does Tampa, I assume you're talking about adding a veteran, how do they add a veteran with their cap situation without losing those other guys? Like, to me, and we've talked about this before, they seem like such an obvious teardown candidate. And I know you can manipulate the cap, but can you go from being 50-something million over 
to 40 million under to sign a real quarterback and keep your weapons? Like, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I think you can make an argument that Carolina, because they hired Frank Reich for better or worse. I like him. So do I. They have DJ Moore. They've got a very good defense. They just hired the new defensive coordinator from the Broncos. And it's obviously a wide open division. And they've got the ninth overall pick. Like to me, if I'm Derek Carr, screw the Jets, screw the AFC, go to Carolina, play in warm weather, have a number one receiver. DJ Moore has put up numbers with nobody throwing to him his entire career. And then at nine, as part of your package deal, like I I have options, I will pick you. But at nine, I'm not going to tell you who to pick, but you're picking offense. Like you're either picking the, you know, Paris Johnson from Ohio State or Quentin Johnston from TCU or Jordan Addison from uh, USC. Like you are picking offense at nine. And I will sign with you. And all of a sudden, you've upgraded your offense significantly at quarterback and either tackle or receiver. You have the best quarterback in the division. You've got the best defense probably in the division. You have the new coach bump on both sides of the ball. I feel like Carolina is a 10-win team in that scenario. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Who's the quarterback that gets him there, though, to 10? Derek Carr is what I'm saying. Derek Carr. I'm I'm saying Derek Carr says, I will sign with you. But here are the things you need to do. Here are the stipulations. But you you have to vow to me to take the top offensive player on your board (laughs) at nine. I don't care if it's a tackle or a receiver, or or the tight end, the tight end from Notre Dame. Whoever is the top offensive player on your board at nine, that's what you're doing. And I and and I will and I sign with you, and then all of a sudden you upgrade your offense significantly, and I I think that that's, I mean I I understand the argument of Olave and playing in a dome in New Orleans, but I think that Carolina is like a sneaky good I, team right now. Here's the thing: I don't even I wouldn't even need if I'm if I'm Carr, I don't even think I I need the you need to take offense with the ninth pick to want to go there because the division is so winnable. And I think I'm with the coach. I've got somebody that's going to help get the best or the most out of me. So I've got such a quarterback friendly coach, you know, Gruden is a guy that is a quarterback whisperer, but he also has a tendency to want to jerk around quarterbacks and change quarterbacks. He's done that his entire career when he was coaching. Josh McDaniels is a prick. And he had guys like Jack Del Rio in, in in Oakland before that. So I would be excited to work with Reich if I were him. I would honestly, I would if I were Derek Carr and the money was close, I would 
much prefer that to go into New York with the Jets, even though the Jets roster is better. It's just in the AFC with the Bills. And I wouldn't want to deal with the New York media market. If I'm him, I think they'd chew him up and spit him out. You know, the other thing I want to just bring up here is if I'm Garoppolo, why wouldn't you brought about you, you brought up Tampa situation? If Tampa's too stubborn to tear it down, why wouldn't they say to him, Jimmy, come here for a year, take like a bridge contract for a year, be our starting quarterback, and just try to have a Geno Smither, Daniel, not he's not Daniel Jones as a runner, but just try to have that season. And then we'll either pay you or go into free agency, man. Yeah, no, that, that that's, I mean, he's, he's made a ton of money. So if he, if he wants to prioritize the bet, the best receiving group that he could possibly pair up with, that would, that would be it. If they can figure out a way to, you know, I'm not, I, I I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have the, the capology expertise to like get them under the cap and keep the good players and add a court, a veteran quarterback. Um, so that's why it feels like if they believe in Kyle Trask, that might be just like the obvious move. Ugh. I know, but if you, but if you can get he's Jimmy a statue, G- he's the opposite of a modern quarterback. He would have maybe worked in 1992, maybe. So New Orleans and Atlanta. If it, so Atlanta sits at eight. You've got teams in front of you that need a quarterback. You got Houston in front of you. You have Indy in front of you. Seattle, maybe. Detroit's not going to do it. The Raiders need a quarterback. So yeah. at, at, at seven. So you got three three teams at a minimum that need a quarterback. And Carolina, if they don't, you know, and free agency will happen before the draft, obviously. So there'll be some clarity uh, there. But three teams at a minimum that need a quarterback drafting in front of you. Are you moving up or are you taking the fourth quarterback on the board at eight and hoping if I'm, there? If I'm who? If I'm Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. Eighth overall in the draft. If I'm Atlanta, I'm, uh, if I'm Arthur Smith, I'm sitting down with Arthur Blank, then I'm saying, look, this is what I want to do. Let me try Desmond Ritter for a year. You know, we drafted him in the third round. Let me try this guy. I like quarterbacks that can move and stuff like what are the other options out there in the veteran market? Aren't really great ones. I'm not in love with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or one of those guys. So here's my pitch. Let me play Ritter for a year. And if he stinks and we're bad, we'll either take May or Williams. That's what I would do if I were them. That would be my strategy. Now, I don't know if the coach would feel confident that if he had one of those seasons that he'd stick around. If they went 4-13, and 13, maybe they would just fire him and try to pair up a coach with one of those quarterbacks. But I think that's their best move as an organization. They won seven games this year. I know. I know. And so they're – but I think part of that is the division they played in. But that's going to be the same. I, I, I know it is. I know it is, but I'm just saying if I'm them, I think the seven wins is a fool's gold thing. I think it's a big time. I think it's, I think it's, there are young, we talked, we've talked about this. There are some young pieces of their offense that I really like. They've got a really good corner, but I don't think it really makes sense for them 
They could draft a quarterback in back-to-back years, a day two pick and a day one pick. And we might come out of this season thinking, wow, they still don't have a quarterback if they take the fourth best guy. I wouldn't want to do that if I'm them. Yeah, I could, but like, I could see them being motivated to pair those young receivers with a quarterback and moving up. They, they seem to me to be a team like Tampa and Arizona as a trade partner. Move up from eight to three. You know, even even to Detroit, just move up from eight to six and jump in front of the Raiders. Like, go up and get your guy. Can I tell you something, though? This might surprise you. I'm not convinced those quarterbacks are better than Ritter. You've liked Ritter a lot. I don't like him a lot, but I'm, I wanted to see him play this year because it never made sense with Mariota. Right. It, like that was a waste of everybody's time. In Ritter, I have respect for guys. I think it's because of Ben. I have respect for guys, and Josh Allen is the same way, who elevate programs that otherwise are not that good and make them great. And this guy did that. Now, I know Sauce Gardner played there too, so it wasn't like it was a one-man team. But, I mean, he was the leader of that team. He does have some NFL skills. He moves well. He's big. I I mean, Will Levis was not an accurate passer. Richardson is has, I've watched the guy play, and he does things in games that make you think he's the best quarterback talent. But I don't think he's a slam dunk like the two guys that come out next year. So I don't know. Listen, I, I don't think that listen, no one's a slam dunk. We've we've seen this. The num- the numbers bear it out over a large sample. No one is a slam dunk. People thought Sam Darnold was a slam dunk. Like it, it's just it's very, very difficult, right? T- team drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall. Didn't no one fucking said anything about it. Yep. And Josh Allen went seven. So no, I'd be very tempted, by the way, to draft Richardson with the me too. Up, among the quarterbacks. Yeah, I would be very tempted to make him of the four guys my top one. Six four, two twenty, with a huge arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks he looks the part. 